Welcome or welcome back to the Amanda Perry podcast with me, Amanda Perry. Thank you for joining me this week. It's been a strange old week, uh, hasn't it, in D to C land? And we continue to have this kind of um, doom and gloom narrative going on, which is obviously um, concerning for businesses. And you only have to watch the news at night to understand why there's so much going on in the world with, you know, energy prices, inflation rises, that kind of thing. Some really concerning uncertainties ahead. And, you know, people are really starting to, to feel the pinch now. So we're seeing that borne out in sales, definitely. And that's across the board. So if you're seeing that, please don't think it's just you. There's also this like echo chamber thing, isn't it, that we all see online when something um, bad happens or we experience something difficult in our businesses because we naturally gravitate towards people who are similar to us or in a similar situation. We do create this this echo chamber online. So everything we're feeling can be kind of magnified and mirrored back to us, which isn't always the most helpful thing. So I would just say that if you are feeling it, if you are feeling a bit overwhelmed, just just protect yourself when you're spending time online and making make sure that you're spending it in the best possible way. I often find that having a little, um, not even a cold, but maybe just putting people on mute for a while or unfollowing them, just follow people that make you feel good and, and add something to your life rather than increase your anxiety, I would say. In the agency this week, we've been really, really focusing on how we can help clients with retention. I really think that this is going to be the huge um, the huge area of opportunity this year for anyone in D2C. I feel like we've had a few years now of just really focusing on acquisition. And of course, you always need those acquisition activities there. You always need to bring in new customers. But there's so many people that I see, speak to, hear about who are really, really acquisition focused and they really aren't focusing on retention at all. So using email marketing, using content to really nurture that that audience and bring them back for sales. I would say that the easy win there is definitely email marketing. Obviously, you can use ads and you can retarget those people, but the joy of email is, you know, it's community building, it's bringing people off the platform onto your own list. And it's also free. There's no budget to put into it, which is the absolute joy. So we're finding that we spend more and more time with clients on email now. And it really is a massive focus. There is obviously still a place for ads in every business. Um, but I think that the advice the advice I've been given for the last few years has been don't put all your eggs in one basket and, you know, don't rely on one channel, which I know is so, so tempting, isn't it, when it's working well for you. But it's really borne out now that you just can't do that. It's just not possible to grow a business on any single channel activity. So yeah, really revisit your your emails and have a look at how you can increase sales there. If you've got a pool of you know, 6,000 customers, 10,000 customers, it doesn't take many to, to respond to an email to make a real difference to your sales that week. And if you've got more than that, then obviously that's brilliant. 
Uh, personally, I've been really looking at how I can be more productive by spending less time. So looking at how I can, you know, use time away from the business to be more productive when I'm in the business. So things like going for walks and just spending time away. I'm going away this weekend and I know that I'll come back so refreshed with so many ideas that we feel sometimes that we have to be um, nose to the grindstone and at our laptops and really productive all the time. And it's it's actually really counterproductive. So yeah, I would just urge you to have a look at that as well and see if there's something maybe you can do that gives you joy, gives you pleasure in your life, but also really benefits the business. People have their best ideas when they're not at the business. It's what's the three B's? Bed, bed, bath and bus. I think <laughs> the three B's, although I don't I don't know the last time I was actually on a bus, but bed, bath and car, I would say they're they're actually pretty accurate accurate or bed bath and walk probably. Um but yeah have a think about how you can do that and really make a difference to your business and impact your your kind of um, mental health and well being as well. This week I have the amazing Josh on the podcast from Stand for Socks. Uh, You will probably recognise him if you're an avid Dragon's Den fan and he's got a really fascinating story that's not only brilliant from a product and quality and consumer point of view but also from an impact point of view and it's a really really important part of his story so I can't wait for you to hear it thank you for joining this week I hope you love it if you do please make sure you subscribe or follow and it would be brilliant if you'd share it as well it does make such a difference so enjoy the show thanks for joining and hope to see you next week Today's guest has built a million pound business after spotting an opportunity whilst out of work in 2015. With a small amount of savings and a big idea, Josh set about creating a business that not only sells the most comfortable socks on the planet, but also has really successfully built in a one-for-one charity model where for every pair bought, they donate a pair to a homeless person. I can't wait to get into this and find out more about his amazing journey. So welcome to the show, Josh Turner from Stand for Socks. It's good research. Um, thanks, thanks for having me. <laughs> Look forward to it. That was obviously my, my concise intro from the research I've done, the stuff I know about you, but I'm sure there's a whole other side to the story that, um, you know, isn't covered in that. What, what would you say was your, your journey from, you know, being out of work, coming through to having the incredible business you have today? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's been an interesting kind of journey, not one that I sort of, I think planned do you know what I mean yeah. it's kind of evolved naturally and you know had a big ambition of you know what if socks could change the world but I wouldn't say you know a 10 point plan of how we were going to do that is kind of just you know done the little things and seen the opportunities the more you know you kind of get started I think with anything you know like a traditional business plan it yeah. doesn't go to plan anyway um but you know yeah dyslexic struggled with school um so kind of it was all creative getting into trouble that kind of kid at school uh, starting little businesses so I always had it kind of in me and I think it wasn't until kind of after university it flipped from being kind of punished for being an entrepreneur and told not to do this and to conform to suddenly this is a good thing you know kind of yeah. carry on and you know support it and then that's kind of I think when I've sort of flourished and leaned into it even more so yeah been interesting kind of journey in that route. 
Yeah, I bet. What talk us through the so you were out of work, you were on benefits at the time, weren't you? And you had like some savings and a business coach, I believe. Um, what you know, we all have these ideas, don't we, of we'll save the world like one sock at a time or, you know, these kind of big ideas. What was the process from going from, OK, it's an idea to actually I, I could really make this happen. This could be a thing. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it basically went from, say, this kind of conveyor belt of school, university, you know, grad scheme to kind of fired on, on Christmas Eve oh. uh, from the grad scheme to kind of everything kind of was going, I think to plan as you know, you're kind of traditionally meant to. Yeah. And then it went sort of quite horribly wrong quite quickly, um, which I won't get into, but you know, it kind of, um, yeah, ended up, you know, starting a, an app for um, Tinder, basically Tinder and corporate expenses combined, um, kind of a billion billion pound idea in my mind but kind of knew nothing about how to do that i can't i can't let you just pass pass that one by (laughs) tinder and corporate expenses combined what (laughs) yeah yeah probably should step back i mean i was doing um an entrepreneur accelerator kind of after university whilst doing my kind of corporate grad scheme and you know we had kind of a demo day coming up at the end of the year we were surrounded by like-minded kind of young entrepreneurs and kind of a, a cohort of like-minded people so I was working at a very big corporate and saw how clunky the kind of expenses sort of system and processes were and then the time yeah. the sort of apps were coming out and it was like why can't this just be merged you know scan a right. receipt and much like concur and receipt bank and these sort yeah, of guys yeah, yeah. now but but yeah, it so wasn't there was there no and... there was no dating element to it <laughs> dating and receipts no I mean <laughs> that, that's yeah, what a whole different idea me. there maybe <laughs> yeah 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 no more than more the technology and, Got and the yeah. Got yeah. um but yeah I was kind of doing that business but wasn't it was more of an idea rather than passionate about it mm. I wasn't passionate about corporate expenses uh and receipts <laughs> so I don't think many people maybe are but you know kind of fed up with that business you know with amongst friends you know it was over a beer I always liked jazzy you know bright socks and it was like it's just a comment of you know imagine if socks could change the world as a joke and I would say four or five beers later it became a lot better idea but this kind of simple idea that everyone wears socks and socks traditionally dull and boring and if we can make Mm -hmm. them more interesting and do a little bit of good with every pair you know is it such a crazy idea um but yeah that kind of that was the idea and then you kind of doesn't start making money straight away and oh, the other business already flops and it kind of fell through the benefit system you know moved back home working at my mum's shed um I wouldn't say rock bottom because I was quite happy at that point yeah. but kind of went all the way to this like extreme to like ah <laughs> what's gone yeah. what's gone horribly wrong in a sense and I'm doing a business that I've literally no idea where to start and what to do so kind of worked my way up from there which you know always kind of helped because it was more of a bootstrap learning everything because I couldn't afford to pay anyone so yeah do you think as well like the as tough as it is when you know things go wrong like that and you find yourself in that situation it's often the times when you do take those risks isn't it because you're like what like what's the worst that can happen I can't lose my house because I'm just living at my mum's again and did you feel like that at the time yeah, I think definitely. And I think almost when you have less, you need less, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, benefits at the time, the job centre saying to me, like, you can go get another job, but you're clearly quite entrepreneurial. So why don't, you know, we'll pay you more money to go start a business. And at the time, we were talking about £8 more a week. It wasn't, yeah, you know, yeah, life-changing yeah. amounts. But I was like, well, I, I want to do that, you know. So, yeah, kind of 
got onto this, um, I think it's a new enterprise allowance kind of program where it's like 32 weeks to kind of go from an idea to starting a business. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was take risks. And my view at the time was even if this doesn't work, I'm learning all the skills I'm learning in web design, social yeah. media, marketing, hacking, you know, all this kind of stuff is going to be useful for me in a future job. Um, yeah. So it was kind of a, yeah, worse has happened. Either this works and I create my own job or it doesn't work. And I've got a load of skills initiative that someone will want to hire me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's encouraging to hear that the job centre encouraged you on that path. You know, you hear really often about just this kind of box ticking, don't you, of applying for jobs and, you know, there's this one route to employment. So that that's encouraging. Yeah, no, definitely. It was, and yeah, it was a bit of a kind of a sort bitter swill pill well, I was getting my words yeah, out yeah, yeah. swallow because it was going from kind of this like really good entrepreneur accelerator in London you know with all these amazing people yeah. and I'm like also signing on to the job center and these guys don't know and yeah. I'm like starting this business even though I'm meant to be this like young ambitious entrepreneur yeah. on this competitive program so it was yeah a hard thing to kind of do looking back but as I say it's definitely one of the biggest advantages I've had yeah. where we are nowadays because where we've come from and everything we've learned um you know not raising money and not you know taking someone else's money you know just mm. kind of going from a certain salary expectation to kind of maintaining that has, has really helped just kind of I don't know not hustle I hate that word but you know bootstrap yeah, yeah. and really just go learn to work with nothing um which it, is, yeah, it puts, really a different, puts a different filter on it doesn't it I think when people do have like other people's money it's so easy to make you see it all the time don't you make these decisions that are not properly thought through because you don't have to you've got you know a couple of million quid in the bank and you can be a bit more frivolous with it can't you so yeah I really really agree with that point what would you say um what would you say your like dyslexia is what part has that played in your journey I I got diagnosed with ADHD in 2020 and people talk about it being this superpower and dyslexia in the same kind of way what would what would you say is is the truth about that yeah and it's a good time for me to actually plug something <laughs> we talked about the stuff because <laughs> um, we've actually just done a sock funny enough we've, we've made by dyslexia the, the charity oh, um which is a sort of not-for-profit sock we're, we're doing with them on our website but for me it's dyslexia 100 percent is a superpower it's, yeah. it's one of those through school and academia it's you know reading writing spelling you know is below average mm. so you're kind of like a disability you get you know mm. obviously extra time my school was quite supportive but you kind of go through school thinking you're quite I'll say stupid but you know that's how you feel because yeah. why can everyone else get this you know a lot quicker that you can't yeah. but you know it then kind of goes to a point of going well, yeah but I'm not as good in these areas but I'm, I'm like amazing or I'm above average in these other yeah. areas so stuff like creativity and I always say I think dyslexia is really good at connecting the dots you know seeing problems differently the way our brains kind of work so yeah. stuff that's obvious to us is not obvious to others which is why it makes such good entrepreneurs and yeah, yeah linking up with me by dyslexia we've managed to do some videos and some stuff with Richard Branson who's like growing up is like my Amazing. biggest inspiration you know yeah. kind of an entrepreneur with dyslexia he's kind of made it so yeah it, it's definitely a superpower definitely something I kind of lean into and you know we're doing like doing a lot with with around it and raising awareness a bit but want to keep doing more because I mean there's so many kids out there and you know people older as well who think you know they're not as good at stuff but actually they're a lot better at other things and they see yeah. to focus on what their, their ability not their disability really 
Yeah, and it's often the stuff that you are good at that isn't as valued perhaps in school, isn't it? That kind of creativity rather than the academic side. That's it's really interesting. And you're right, there's you know, the stats around entrepreneurship and like dyslexia, ADHD, autism, that kind of thing are, are massive, aren't they? Because of the just the the way our brains work and process stuff. So yeah, it's great to hear that. How important was like the the charity aspect for you? Obviously the the socks have to be brilliant and we'll come on to the Dragon's Den stuff early uh, later, which is where I saw you comparing them to Peter Jones's rubbish socks. Um, but how important was was the the charity aspect after having like these amazing socks? <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's one of those weird ones because it wasn't a conscious decision. It was like an unconscious, like, why wouldn't we? You know, yeah. rather than a let's do this strategically. Um, buzzwords, millennial and all that. So, you know, when yeah. I was starting a business, you know, I was always going to make the socks in an ethical way. You know, why wouldn't I? You know, the packaging is going to be the best we can make it. You know, the way we ship it, the compostable mailers, you know, every decision was a con as an unconscious of why you know wouldn't we it wasn't even a like yeah. let's do this because it's a trend or whatever like that so it was i say vital because the whole business is built around that you know we stand with our feet our socks were we're getting some darker colors in there now but they are mostly quite bright and bold and to stand out and show you know what causes matter to you yeah. um so no it was kind of vital from day one it's core to our business and i think the benefit now being what we six years into the journey is it's authentic since day one. So we've yeah. just done a stand for Ukraine sock and we did a stand, you know, for NHS work, frontline workers at the time. So we kind of can now use it in a really authentic and good way and like made by dyslexia because it's been true from day one. So yeah, yeah it's always been, yeah, it's it's a nice thing. We're, we're going for B Corp at the moment. Oh, um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's, when we get questions on it, it's always a funny one because I say it was just natural and authentic from day one and it's not... Yeah as plan we never planned to do it we just didn't plan not, not to do it to. if that makes sense yeah no that's a really good point you see so many people introducing stuff like this don't you and it's it does become like a bit of a marketing strategy or you know oh, millennials and gen z really want to know that there's this kind of corporate responsibility piece but yeah i think if it's not authentic it's it's it really it's really apparent isn't it if someone just adds it in just to kind of look good what are the stats around this how many how many pairs of socks have you given it must be thousands a lot yeah um I think last time we checked would have been end of last month. I think it's just broken 200,000 pairs wow. um, that we yeah, donated. Um, and we're just this week donating 10,000 pairs to Ukraine or the Polish border um, as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, I think a number we didn't really set out to ever think what it would get to and, and you know, excited to kind of where it can go and how we can, you know, use the socks in different ways, you know, not just yeah. homelessness and our refugees and other areas. So, no, it's really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's crazy looking back actually where it's kind of got to from where it started. It is crazy because like... I don't know, socks, are, when you think about it, like when you say that about homeless people and the borders and Ukraine and like socks are so important, aren't they? But we just think yeah. like, oh, it's just socks. It's just, yeah, it's a really, you've really hit on socks, particularly for homeless. I know that 
um, we there's like an antibacterial property to them, isn't there, to the socks as well, which helps yeah. homeless people. No, exactly. They're specially engineered. And I think that's one of the misconceptions that we probably don't do that well. If people think I buy, you know, say a rainbow sock or a Manchester skyline that we donate that same pair. But no, the pair we donate is is basically a very good hiking sock that we reverse engineered for the needs of homeless because we've got rough sleeper ones. We've got you know food bank ones. Uh, but yeah, they're like extremely <laughs> very technical, very good socks that we donate yeah. um, and not just your everyday one. And, to your point yeah socks you know are one of the most requested items by homeless shelters yeah um you know as a wear through item they're very readily donated you know we wouldn't donate our old holy socks but you know we donate coffee money you know old old coats um yeah. so yeah it's kind of a natural sort of uh need that people do oversee but i understand why you know as a person myself i wouldn't i go through my socks till they get holes in them and then eventually mismatch them up and then throw yeah. them away so yeah, yeah yeah it's one of those items <laughs> yeah i think it's so interesting as well that you were so um uh, so you put such a, a kind of emphasis on quality from the start like you see so many oh my gosh you can't see this if you're listening but josh has just put his miniature what is it a dasher miniature dasher Dashound, yeah oh called, called socks funny enough oh my god uh, we're probably... gonna have to put a video of that bit out oh my god is it she's um oh. yeah it's a little girl six months old but you can probably hear her in the background chewing chewing some sticks she's so she's trying to do some gardening so cute well she's more than welcome i'll think of some questions <laughs> for her as well yeah i think i think like it's so interesting thinking back to when you started putting putting myself in that position where you know you've had this this like unfortunate situation find yourself um living at home you know on in the benefit system all that kind of thing but you still had the foresight not to just you know, you see like these drop shipping um, forums mm. and stuff, people are just buying in anything off Alibaba, selling it again. You had that foresight to make it like the best product it could be. And that takes, I don't know, that takes something really special when you haven't got that investment or that cash there to still make sure that it's it's the best product. That's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I don't see it that way, but I, I agree with your point. But I think the thing that I had interestingly, and I think a lot of people have going into businesses like this is we don't know anything. So we yeah. kind of challenge the norm. So especially yeah. in an industry like socks, which is very big, you know, production runs, not a lean yeah. <laughs> drop shipping, flexible model at all. And you kind of go in there and try and basically walk in and just go with like new designs, new ideas. And they're kind of looking at you politely and very much going like, you don't know what you're talking about, but you know, we like your passion. Um, yeah. And you know, we've got such a great relationship with our supply chain. Um, it's one of our sort of biggest advantages and quite unique, but yeah, we kind of now push them, you know, in terms of ethics, sustainability, always kind of raising the bar. Um, but you know, socks is a repeat purchase product so you know we do need to make the best quality product and, and put the product first you know our cause is very important to us but you know people if our cause is important but our quality is really bad you know it's people are going to just buy it and go it's a nice thing but you know exactly. i'm going to buy my socks from primark or you know nike or wherever else so yeah. you know we've got to um the products always been key to kind of allow us to keep doing the giving constantly yeah. because yeah without without the sales and the product that the model doesn't work
Yeah, hundred percent. And that that's such a good point. I think people think that if they add this charity element in, you can get away with cutting corners, can't you? Coming back to yeah. um something I mentioned earlier, I, I remember watching your Dragon's Den episode. What was your like looking back, what was your experience? You didn't get funding in the end, did you? There was there was some questions around, you know, the 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 model, I guess, but what was your experience of that and what impact did it have on the business? Yeah, um, interesting experience. I mean, growing up, you know, Apprentice, Dragon's Den, these sort of shows, you know, as a young entrepreneur, especially you, I think they take some inspiration from, you know, it makes it mm. more normal. I wouldn't say they're necessarily fair representations of real no. business, as a lot of us know, but they're entertaining TV at the end of the day. Um, so no, it was kind of a great experience to kind of go on there. Obviously, it's filmed in Manchester, where, where we were based. Um, and yeah, I we didn't have much expectations going in because I said we weren't really looking for investment, but we kind of were like, well, you know, let's go in and, and pitch this crazy idea. Yeah, and, um, yeah. you know, and it was a great experience. Um, some, some funny clips, as you mentioned, with yeah, Peter Jones and a few, yeah. few bits that came from it. But, uh, yeah, I think for us, it was about raising our awareness. You know, yeah. if, if the right deal was there, you know, we might have considered it, but, you know, for us, it was, yeah, raise our profile, raise awareness of us. Ultimately, as you say, the our model and, you know, it's an interesting position where we're in now, but they didn't think it could scale. They thought it was a very nice little business. I'd do well out of it, but it wasn't going to ever be that big. Um, and, you know, the forecast that we set, you know, doing a million the following year was, you know, not laughed at, but they were like, you know, you're credible, but your strategy is not, you're not you yeah. know, online, it's not going to work. And, you know, let's say the rest is history, but, you know, yeah. a year later, we didn't see the pandemic coming, but, you know, being positioned online and our strategy ultimately was the right one. So, um yeah, no, it was a really good experience, really kind of recommend it, you know, really did raise our profile, um, you know, sales-wise, connections, you know, yeah. brand awareness. It's been kind of phenomenal. Yeah, it's brilliant um, from it, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Brilliant. No, it was great. I know someone, I was talking to someone last week who just filmed and they just got the email to say, oh, unfortunately, you're not going to make it to the show because he said, we went on and they asked us our numbers and we knew our numbers and they asked us the model and we knew our model and they asked us this and we knew it. And they said there was just like no controversy at all. So they they just haven't been selected, <laughs> which is a real shame, isn't it? But It's a hard one, yeah, because it's not to say it's a game, but it is a little bit of a yeah, game, you know, yeah. everyone's you know, businesses are there to raise their profile, the dragons are there to, you know, that and the BBC is making entertaining TV. And I think we knew that going in eyes wide open. So it was interesting knowing we didn't get the deal, but how that was going to be edited, because you know, like it couldn't be all positive. So, yeah. you know, I remember being very nervous watching the episode come out. That was the first time I see it is when oh. everyone else sees it. And yeah. I know what happens, but I don't know how it happens, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. like the little looks that they cut in and stuff, when they say stuff, yeah. it's like the little looks. And you alluded to it there, but I think every, anyone in e-commerce DTC has, has their pandemic story, don't they? What, how did that impact you? Because... I mean, shoes, footwear, like no one was going anywhere, were they? <laughs> no, exactly. I think we, yeah, I mean, most D2C, I imagine, have done quite well out of it. You know, yeah. basically all your offline competition shuts. I think I call it the perfect storm in a sense. You had kind of this situation, and it sounds bad to say, you know, because the pandemic obviously is a very bad yeah, thing, but, you know, there are some good stories that have come out of it. And I think, you know, I think we're kind of one of those where, you know, yeah, 
online, you know, social media engagement, all of that kind of channels rocketed and all the cost per clicks fell through the floor. So you kind of got the best of both. And, you know, people wanting to shop more online were less connected. So a cause like us, and we had a lot of cities just launched that year and you could suddenly support people, you know, in different cities and send your your sons at university here and you can't see them, but you can send them a pair of socks and support homeless locally. And it was kind of a perfect way. I think not saying we saw it coming, but we did go into the January kind of going like after Dragon's Den and everything, you know, this is our year now. We've done good, you know, 100% growth a year, but we really want to grow now. Um, so we kind of had put a lot of the stock and planning in place. Yeah, and then obviously the pandemic came because I think we would have been one of those businesses where it would have all gone great, but we would have sold out and, you know, factories are closed, supply chains were all disrupted. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been like we could sell more and we could do a lot of good, but we were kind of luckily put all that stuff in place already um that when it did happen we we kind of capitalized on it but i mean the biggest thing's been the i wouldn't say the shock this year but a lot of dc brands have probably had a bit of a a wake-up call of going every year is not a pandemic and obviously ios changing there's been a lot of big movements this last year and you know it surprised us but i think we've maintained our growth we haven't doubled it again or kind of hit where we wanted to get to this year but luckily we haven't fell back to where we were pre-pandemic so you know, you just got to, you know, need to see, look at the data, look at the trends yeah. and kind of react and, and be as flexible as you can with it all. Yeah, it's been a real wake up call, hasn't it, this year? Well, last last year, kind of through last year when the shops opened, as you said there, iOS update, worst possible time. What's your, what marketing wise, what's your key like driver? What's your your focus when it comes to budget and, and driving traffic? Yeah, it's very broad i think um a lot of obviously being a small business performance marketing is is key um mm. we've dabbled in the you know you kind of podcasts and things like that where you know podcast advertising um which are great brand awareness and we're now finding you know certain meetings we're having and then someone's like oh, i heard you on a podcast four months ago and we're like yeah. oh well that podcast didn't be a great roi but we're going oh but you did here and you know about where we are from it and obviously similar to dragon's den you know amount of people that refer back to having seen us on that so yeah. for us it's a lot more performance marketing so you're kind of pure digital channels but obviously they've not been as good the last year mm-hmm. so you've always got to keep innovating and that and you know we've got a good core uh, customer base now and it's kind of working on you know what what we can do with them you know email marketing and being relevant and new products uh it's any any dc the more the more data you have the more you kind of can see yeah you know what what to do and, and be sort of innovative and adapt with that yeah 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 it's never been more important to have that broad approach has it i think we had we had clients who you know one client in particular i'm thinking of who when ios came in and we like really felt the impact he had about 80% of his sales coming through Facebook traffic. And that's a really, really scary place to be when, you know, you lose all that data overnight. So yeah, I think that the the brands that are still maintaining decent returns are the ones that have that really broad approach, aren't they? Definitely. What does yeah, the- Yeah, just flexing. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. What does the future hold for the business? Well, actually before that, talk us through like, in terms of um, like the team and your like, what does that growth look like from, let's say from Dragon's Den to now, what's what's the story been for the growth of the business? Yeah, it's been an interesting one because sort of pandemic or Dragon's Den and pandemic, I mean, actually for pre-pandemic, it was basically just me. Uh, post-pandemic, uh, sorry, post 
I'll start again. Pre-Dragon's <laughs> Den was just me. Yeah. Post-Dragon's Den, we had we employed one employee. Um, and then it's because it's kind of been one of those very lean businesses where, yeah, I, you know, founder, you kind of do everything from writing the emails, yeah, answering the customer yeah. service, doing the designs, you know, every everything, which is so powerful, although very time consuming looking back, because you kind of know how everything works. So when yeah. new opportunities come along years later, you kind of know how to capitalize on them it's not I don't even know how to do this or how this works I need to yeah. get that person in and they're busy yeah. um which has been really good nowadays as we're kind of looking at really scaling but um certain sort of teams gone up and down a bit you know pandemic post-pandemic coming out of it we kind of raised our ambitions again and brought in more experienced people um to the kind of team and expanded some sort of new opportunities um which haven't you know worked out as well and people have mm. moved on so it's kind of been a bit up and down uh, but we're quite we're going back to quite a lean operation at the moment um what kind of suits our business well although relatively we're quite big in size you know with the model we have and everything it's not the most profitable as people might think you know yeah, so you've got to kind of balance that and not having investment going back to that point it's not spending someone else's money to work it out we're you know just got to got to keep going um so no we're only we're down to sort of three of us at the moment um and using a lot more sort of automation and software where we can yeah. um because we're quite relatively seasonal business obviously socks and, and christmas um yeah. so you've got to got to move move with the demand and that yeah, definitely. Um, what does their future hold in terms of, I know you, you've got some exciting stuff coming up that you probably can't tell us too much about, but what, what can you tell us about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I mean, really exciting stuff, which I used to say, can't, can't say too much about just yet, but hopefully soon. But we've got some really exciting product development. I mean, we've got one product that we've been working on for six years it was actually the oh, product wow. we were going to start with which was socks which will finally be coming uh this year Please which is really exciting we've got it's some... not the it's not the tinder <laughs> no 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 not the tinder <laughs> no um yeah so it's physical products um we've got new sort of service offerings again based on Amazing. kind of the demand and, and what we do um and you know big kind of global expansion as well coming um so yeah it's d to c you know we all know at ecom it's yeah. it's very flexible in kind of what we can do um so that and some really exciting collaborations and stuff it's it's one of those i think as we've grown there's some of the opportunities we had at the start we weren't open to us you know the doors we were trying to open mm. and it's kind of funny revisiting them three or four years later those doors are now ajar i kind of yeah. say now we push on them like oh now we are bigger and that opportunity's there or you know this is there so yeah, we're kind of going back to some of our old plans and re-bringing them back to life. Um, but they're no, really exciting sort of 12 to 18 months ahead now. Yeah, look forward to seeing how that rolls out. Um, a couple more questions I like to ask everyone. So what's the best piece of advice that you were ever given? What's that one thing that's kind of either really helped you or, you know, you think back to often? Yeah, um, really good question. I think the... One of the main ones that always sticks out and we go back to it, I say most sort of strategy meetings and stuff is, is actually came from Adyen, the, um, the payment provider. We did some stuff mm. with them in their headquarters in Amsterdam and the, with the founders and that, and it's kind of a great, great to kind of go into a company of that size and that scale and see it. But the main thing they kind of taught being at the size they're at now of, you know, billions, um, yeah. you know, kind of turnover and, and everything else was, you know, designed for today, uh, build, sorry we say that build for today design for tomorrow um and it's that kind of key thing of like as a small business unlimited resources people time money everything you know we could build bells and whistles services add-ons plugins you know new products 
but that demand isn't there yet or we're not mm. experts in that yet so we kind of have like a roadmap of what we need tomorrow and next mm. week and you know in months times but you know we're building kind of for what we actually need today and what our customers want um and that's kind of always been really key because when I definitely when I was starting out I was going you know here's what all the big guys are doing so we're going to do everything they do well and more that they don't do we're going to be everything to everyone and it's like yeah. it doesn't work like that the the more we've simplified things the better performance and stuff has been um and then yeah we're always kind of designing for the next stuff and you know take anything in our business customer service or uh design you know product innovation where you know build the team for what we need at the moment and yeah. then we kind of have plan b plan c of how that can kind of scale um, but we don't need to look at how it scales today because we haven't doesn't work yet. It doesn't yeah, need it. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, that's such a great lesson. Yeah. I think so many people have, you mentioned it earlier, but so many people have gone through that coming out of the pandemic in that like, oh my God, this is it. You know, that kind of growth, growth um, mindset and thinking that that's just going to carry on and then had to make adjustments. So that dog is so cute. I can't, can't go <laughs> um, One last question, yeah. Josh, and then I'll let you get back to um, your socks and your dog socks. Uh, what advice would you give 2014, Josh? So your, your let's say that night before you went to the pub with your friends where you even came up with the idea what knowing what you know now what would your advice be to him um that's a really good question because <laughs> I think it's it's you know any of this stuff you look back and like for example digital marketing back in 2014 2015 we didn't probably get into it until about 2017 and it was yeah. still the good period then and yeah, we call it yeah. the golden era yeah. and I wish we got started before that um but you know at the same time I think the way we've grown the business has been I wouldn't change that you know the lessons we've learned the struggles kind of all that stuff has been so good I think the main thing we didn't funny enough get involved in was marketing and that's into that same point I think I was so focused on the website looking great and the branding and the right. designs we were going to do and the quality of the socks which are all fundamental foundations yeah, yeah. but at the end of the day no one was coming to the website and we were selling mm. one order a week and I was focusing you know seven days a week on all the other stuff so you know then which is you know say rightly important but I didn't really prioritize marketing I just kind of was like oh, you know, it's fine. There's YouTubers and there's influencers now. Yeah. And it's like, we don't need to do billboards. There's all this digital world. And when we started to do it, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs make that same mistake now is like, they do a little bit of a marketing test and they get a cost per acquisition. And yeah. then they put that in their business plan and just scale it. And you realize it that works until a certain tier. And then you need something else to get you to the next tier and the yeah. next step. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, probably starting marketing earlier, we would have learned lessons quicker because there's a lot of stuff broken with the branding and the marketing early on that I didn't realize until, to be honest with you, actually, till I got face to face with customers online right. is great. It was actually, we did a lot of pop-up markets around Christmases and then I got face to face with customers and we were doing all these UN global goals causes and customers were saying like, I love this design, but I want to support that cause. And we were going, no, no, it doesn't work like that. Like you've got to, if you buy the gender equality sock, you support gender equality and if you right. buy the child mortality one. And as, online, you don't get that feedback. You know, yeah, there was people coming to the website, conversion rate was probably low. And I was just going, oh, whatever. They don't, you know, conversion rate, you know, they just don't want what we want. But until we got face-to-face with customers as an online business, we learned so much offline yeah. to take into how we changed our model online. Um, but yeah, so getting out there, effective marketing, don't don't think researching online and YouTube, you're going to learn everything, you know, just start doing and testing it and yeah. kind of get slapped in the face, I always say, by actually yeah. the reality of how hard it is. 
Yeah, that's such a great point about the face-to-face stuff as well. I think, you know, it's never been, there's never been more of like a health warning over just taking attribution data as there as that like gospel and, you know, you need so much context behind it. That's a really good example of why understanding, you know, customer behaviours when it comes to your own product. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Josh. It's been fascinating finding out about the business. I hope you carry on growing and achieve all your goals. Can't wait to see what the things are that you can't tell us about. Where Where's the best place for everyone to find you and come and buy their socks from? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been great to be on. Um, so yeah, website, um, standforsocks.com. That's stand with a number four, socks.com. Um, and yeah, find us on there on, on social media as well. Brilliant. Just start a TikTok, although um, Socks a Dog has got more followers than, than Stand for Socks. <laughs> but um, they have the I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I think she's more interesting than Socks on TikTok. Oh my but, God, she's absolutely um, gorgeous. I'm going to have to clip some of this and uh, so everyone can see it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll put all your links in the show notes as well so people can come through and find you. Josh, thanks for your time and enjoy the rest of your day with your gorgeous dog. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.